Welcome to the Forward 40 Podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. everyone to another episode of Forward 40. Very excited to have the guest in the guest chair today. One, she is from the Bronx, you know, my stomping grounds and uh, the borough from which I grew up and I hold very dear to my heart, Latanya Devon. Welcome, Latanya. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, for our listeners, Latanya is the founder of Bronx Bound Books. And, you know, she has a background in the arts, community engagement. And also she's had her her experience with HR as well. Um, and Latanya, when we spoke, you, you mentioned how your aunt have referred to you as a serial job hopper and that you you treated jobs like tender. <laughs> when did you know that you wanted to start Bronx Brown Books? And um, also, like, when did you come to realize that this was a space for you to be free? So I've always known that Bronx Brown Books would be something that I would start. I just didn't know how or when. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I just knew so uh, I was working for uh, a museum, and I was like, yes, this is going to be the job. I'm going to work in a museum. There's art all over, all over the place, and this is it. This is going to be the job. And, you know, traditionally, you know, in our community, we tend to have just one job, and that's the job we have forever until we retire. Mm. And, you know, I was trying to, like, impose those beliefs upon myself, even mm-hmm. though that's not something I believed in, but I thought, you know, that's what it was. So um, every time I get a good job, it's, it's always going to be the job. But um, I decided to leave the job at the museum, and it was very, it was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Good benefits, salary was decent, I had a really great title in the um, finance department, and I realized that it was just a little bit too comfortable for me. And uh, although I was grateful for the job, it wasn't going to move my dream forward. Mm. Mm. Wow. So I had a really great health package. And I saw myself being, I don't want to call it lazy because I am at work and I am putting in the work and doing a great job at it. But as far as like my calling, mm-hmm. when you're not, aligned with your calling and I don't I'm not like a guru or like a uh, one of those um you know uh self-help coaches or anything like that I'm not a life coach or anything like that but for me personally um if I'm not doing what I'm destined to be doing there's a nagging feeling I wake up with Mm -hmm. every day Mm And I woke up with that feeling every day and I did the checks like, okay, my bills are paid. My, my salary is decent. I have health coverage, have a roof over my head. 
and I'm just doing the checklist, like what's wrong? Like what, what's the matter? Why do I still feel unfulfilled? And I quit this job and then my friend was like, okay, so you're going to start the bookstore, right? Because this is just another job you just quit and you weren't there for more than a year. And the job before that, I just think that you, it's time for you to start your book, the bookstore. Mm. The next job you have has to be your own because, you know, you keep quitting and you're wow. not going to, you're not going to stop mm-hmm. quitting jobs. Wow. Wow. I, I love that you mentioned, um, it's like you had a physiological reaction to yep. just knowing like this isn't it and you were in tune with that. And then also you didn't want to be too comfortable. So you kind mm-hmm. of took a leap into something that was uncomfortable and left what a lot of people, um, especially in a time like this, um, mm-hmm where the benefits are there, where the salary is there. And, you know, you're hearing a lot of reports about the rates of unemployment. Uh, and this is well in advance of, you know, COVID that yep. you decided well, to, um, you know, take that leap in and start Bronx Bound Books. And um, what, what was your first uh, event, like when you kind of like kick things off? So I kick things off with a business reveal. I quit my job at the museum and decided to just start planning the business reveal. Sort of like a baby reveal. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew that I wanted to do a bookstore or just do something. They just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. So the reveal was me letting the community know. Well, first of all, it was supposed to be just a few friends (laughs) and some artists that I knew from the community. Mm -hmm. But like 115 people showed up on a rainy May day. Wow. It rained like crazy that day, and um, I would let them. I let them know that it was going to be on a bus. It was going to be a mobile bookstore, and they're like, "Okay, so you're just going to like move the bus or the <laughs> truck or whatever vehicle you got going on, and you're just going to set up outside." And I had to like let them know through pictures that you can actually utilize the bus inside to browse mm-hmm. and shop, and hopefully, once COVID behaves and goes away. Uh, you could use the bus inside to do events and stuff like that. Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to that. Like a huge turnout and community support. And I um, I came across this, uh, this piece. It was a New York Curve article where you're quoted as saying, on a track, I can be with the community, know who they are without relying on them to come to me. And that, you know, like that really, really resonated with me. Like it spoke a lot about your character just in that one quote. You know, I was able to gather, okay, she's proactive. There's intentionality behind wanting, you know, this to be a mobile bookstore uh, and also very much community driven. So why is being with the community, like an emphasis on that with the community. Why is that so important to you? And I guess in addition to the community showing up um, more than what you anticipated for the reveal, can you give another example of how the community has also shown you love in return for your vision? So if I could serve my community every single day, I would. That's the one um there's a different feeling 
for me being out in the community. So for a little bit, I had a part-time job and I was juggling Bronx Sound Books and being in the community. And again, it was a decent job. It was a part-time job. And I was getting paid like a full-time job. And I was still able to get some benefits. So there's that that comfort, mm-hmm. that financial comfort, the benefits, and all the things that they tell you that you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I was juggling funk sound books and going to that job. and Oh, and I started at 10 o'clock in the morning. What? So I wow. didn't have to be there early in the morning. So <laughs> and, uh, aligned for someone like me. But when I would get in front of the computer, there was a barrier. And I felt confined by my little cubicle and my computer, and I just didn't feel free. I Mm -hmm. felt, I was, like, held captive. Mm -hmm. Being in my community, there's a sense of freedom. I get to speak to people. I get to learn about those in the community. I get to learn about their family and learn about what they want to read and what they read last and their favorite books and their favorite authors and what they want to see in a bookstore. And it helps me be able to curate the -hmm. book for them because Brownstone Books is for the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they've shown up in ways that I can't even like. So many creative ways I can't even imagine. I couldn't even ask for half half the support that they've provided in the way that they provided it. I was in a community giving out books, and a woman asked to curate a book drive in her building, and I didn't even ask for that. Wow. Uh, Someone else said, well, I don't have enough money to um, donate, but my job has money. So I was able to uh, curate a quarterly book fair for the residents in the building that she worked for. Mm. Wow. Uh, so, so many different ways, ways that I could not even like mm. ask for directly. Mm-hmm. And to see people inspired enough to do something after they've read the stories or have spoken to me in the community, for them to do that extra step, like they're active. Mm. They're, they're activated mm-hmm. and they're really, really supportive in, in how they they come back to support me. Mm. That is just amazing, and I appreciate how you um, you highlighted like the the way in which the community supports, even if it's not financial, it's showing up in different ways, and sometimes. Um, we can get caught up in just the, especially when you're starting a new initiative, right? And you're an entrepreneur. Um, it's about like the financial gain, you know, you want to grow business and so on and so forth. Yet the examples that you gave are also very powerful about just like the impact of how the community actually saw themselves in you, really believed in the mission, um, saw the value add and leveraged their own networks to support the work um, and also support you. Yeah, like someone trusted me to go to their job (laughs) and do a a book fair. And that that meant a lot because I could have showed up and I could have, you know, not represented her well, but she no longer works there and I still work with that organization. Wow. Wow. That Mm -hmm. speaks volumes. Wow. Wow. So on, I guess on a more practical note, you kind of hinted at this, but I, I'm just curious. It's like, do you gather kind of like the books that you're going to feature 
like solely from the community or do you like go to like another source to kind of find out like what's the the latest kind of like the top 10 or top 100 like how, how do you decide on um like I guess what what um, I do, books you curate I do a number of things um I have a 12 year old a 16 year old and a three year old I go find out what they like ah. um I have educators like 85 percent of my friends are educators mm -hmm. so I ask them um I do look at the list just because I, I, I just do, mm -hmm. um, like the New York Times bestsellers, but I don't always rely on that because I know personally some authors that belong on that list that just don't get there. Mm -hmm. So I know that, um, and the people in the community know what they want to read. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids know that they want the new Harry Potter or they want the um, Jason Reynolds and they mm -hmm. know that they want, you know, they know what's coming out. My kids know what's coming out <laughs> before the books are even coming out. Yeah. So I do a number of things. And again, I would like to curate based on the community I'm going to. So if I know that this community is predominantly bilingual, um, Spanish, English, I'll come out with mostly Spanish and English books. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. Very attentive. That is awesome. Um, and you had shared this story that um, like really, really touched me. It's as though I was like in the moment with you. Uh, about an event that you had and there was an elder that approached you and asked if you had any reading recommendations because they were just learning how to read. And, um, you know, as we discuss, illiteracy is is actually uh, an issue. And for those that are not necessarily in the space of education, whether it's the traditional or non-traditional education sector, um, that may be... Shocking. Um, how are you reaching, I guess, the elders, but then also those that they're on their path to learning how to read? Um, their family members reach out. Mm. Or um, I do a farmer's market. Well, it's the farmer's market season just ended the end of November. But I, um, people come to me. Mm. And I'm also reaching out to other organizations to partner. There's a bilingual organization that teaches English. Okay. And it's for everyone for any age. Hmm. But they also have a literacy component where they're teaching people how to read as well. Mm, okay. So a few times I came across people that had, um, they were caregivers. Mm -hmm. And they asked for certain books for, you know, the elder that they were taking care of because that person either had dementia or they're learning how to read or something, you know, something else. And they specifically requested certain books. So if it's a weekly event, I'll come back out the next week. Or some people have been like ordering online as well wow. by email. So the community actually knows a lot of what they need and mm -hmm. what they would like in mm -hmm. a bookstore. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been really, um, grateful that people people in the Bronx know what they want <laughs> they know what they want and then you're also connecting with others that are also filling the need as well uh for, for exactly. partnerships yeah exactly so that you, you're not feeling like you have to be the you know the cure-all for for everything um and and also it's a resource yeah it's Bronx Sound Books is a resource for the community community um it's more than just a bookstore 
you know, I have so many people that I've, I've come across through the 10 years of doing community work in the Bronx that, you know, are doing amazing work and we can all work together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, despite despite what uh, people would say about the Bronx, <laughs> uh, there are great things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so many beautiful things happening in the Bronx. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and not because we're, we're not saying that, it, it, like, um, we're putting the borough up as kind of like this this poster of, like, you know, for tourism to, you know, attract. No. <laughs> I no. was like, come and see. Come and see. <laughs> no, I know that, you know, there's a draw with Bronxbound books, but it's totally for the community, the people that currently live here, not the ones that are coming. <laughs> Because gentrification is happening in the Bronx. Yes, You know, we tried to fight it, but it it is happening. Yes, yes, yes. And I would also say, especially with the economy, we may see more of that as, you know. Yep. As people begin to see that um, their lifestyles are are changing and affordability and so on and so forth. Um, And I guess slightly connected to that... um, you know, uh, the the city overall, it's kind of, um, like, in terms of, like, the recidivism rate, uh, like, the Bronx uh, has been known in terms of, like, um, you know, like, the housing stock and uh, poverty, and then also um, those that are returning home um, from being incarcerated. One of the highest boroughs where people are, are returning. Um, and I came across, and this is kind of like, you know, a, a couple of years old, but there's this tool um, called DART, Data Analytic Recidivism Tool. And it noted that about like close to 28% of those um, that are coming back to, you know, the community are, you know, the recidivism rate is roughly 28% um, as compared to like the city uh, overall. And it's kind of like very close. How do you see like the work that you're doing um, also addressing um, and being a space for those that are returning back to their community? Um, so inspired by my, my own life story, I watched my father come in, on, in and out of jail my whole life. Um, right now we partnered with, in November, it ended November 21st, um, with Senator DePalva's office in the Bronx to donate, um, books to those that are incarcerated, um, for their library. And, um, I'm also doing some research on how to partner with organizations that, uh, help parents that are incarcerated Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I would like to start like a reading club for the child and the parent or the children and parents and start a ritual of reading every day to Mm. the parent I mean to the child um when they get their phone call every day Mm. so I'm in the beginning stages of that and I'm partnering with quite a few organizations um can't talk about it yet fully but that's, you know, something that is near and dear to my heart because I think if my father had a way to contribute to my childhood, that could have possibly 
impacted his decisions and probably could have kept him from coming in and out of jail. Um, my, my oldest son is 16 and my father is a staple in our family where he takes someone to school. If someone is sick, he takes them to the doctor while, when I was working or just being there. And for the last 16 years, I've never seen him go to jail. Beautiful. Wow. 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 So, yeah, (laughs) he found his place. And I think that's part of why people go back to jail. They don't find a place place where they fit in a family unit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or finding a job or something that they can look forward to. Yeah. Something they can be responsible for as well. I like that. Um, th- thank you for, for sharing that because um, I know that's a very intimate part of, of, of your life. Um, I, I appreciate, you know, the, the connection again back to this being very community um, centered and also family oriented. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not just, you know, come in get a book. It, it's, it's not, it was never intended to be a space that was just transactional, right? Um, and to have in mind, and even, you know, even at the genesis stage of conceptualizing what programming would look like, I commend you for doing that because, again, a population that unless you are working directly with those that have been formerly incarcerated or have had that direct experience in your family, it could also be something that does not resonate that even literacy books can be a way to build and grow stronger relationships and make people feel a part of a community. Yeah. I mean, you have a book that you read, you have something to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you have you can relate to other people and learn about another, you know, culture through that book as well. Or you can say, hey, I just read this book and I thought it was awesome because, mm-hmm. and then there goes your conversation. Yeah. And then you can inspire someone else. And I think that having something to say and having something to talk about really, really can impact someone's yes. life. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And last year... Uh, you gave out, you know, close to like 7,000 books as you're yes. like, you know, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> as Thank you're you. looking ahead, you know, to the next year, um, what what are you aiming for in 2021? So for 2021, hopefully we'll be uh, on the road <laughs> with our book store on wheels. Um <laughs> There will be a price point for everyone. Our books will cost free and up. Uh, a lot of the books have been donated mm-hmm. to us. Um, last year, we had a partnership with the Book Fairies out in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And this year, we no longer had to partner with them because we have so many books. We have so, so, so many books. And um, we can now do what we did on our own without the help of other organizations to donate books because the community has been so helpful in getting us um, a whole lot of books. I'm about to get a third storage unit. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) To store books. (laughs) And I'm really grateful. So it gives us the opportunity to have a book for everyone. Wow. So we'll have, you know, of course, like the new books 
and then some classic books and books that are um, gently used. Our, our used books look brand new, and I take pride in how the books look when we are selling them for e- or giving them away for free mm-hmm. because I want someone to walk away with something that they can be proud of yeah. when they're reading it. Wow. Wow. And you said your third storage unit for books. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Um, do you have them, like, organized and cataloged already? Kind of like, like no, a library? We do. <laughs> we do have one storage unit where we just, like, drop off books. Uh-huh. And then we have the second storage unit when we have events planned they're sorted and then let's say I have a friend coming to pick me up and they're trying to help the boxes will be labeled so they can know which which boxes I'm, I'm going to be taking out mm. with me that day wow wow nice teamwork teamwork uh, because you are a you're you're the founder and you're also the the team well you you have someone that's also assisting you with communications right and marketing no, not right now. No. Um, my son helps me with, uh, he looks through the books and makes sure nothing is written in or there are no pages that are torn. Um, he catalog- he helps me catalog the books also in our database. Wow. Um, I have, yeah, I have friends that pick me up when I need a ride or if I say, hey, uh, this building over here or this organization over here has some books for me or this person, they're like, okay, so we'll just plan a day, we'll have some coffee and just drive around picking up books <laughs> if they have the time walk. <laughs> you have great friends and a great I son. Do. <laughs> I do. I do. All three of my children are, are amazing. And even my ex-husband, he helps me out too. So it's, it's a team effort. It's, it's me, but I do have a really supportive uh, network of people that want to see me win. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I want to see the Bronx win. Exactly. The Bronx Town books win. Yes. You know, it's it's for all of us. Yes. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I I love um when you know like connecting it to just like this journey. Um, you're surrounded by people that you have that are supporting you, the community, family, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you took this leap, um, it was. One that, again, you were leaving something that felt comfortable into Mm -hmm. terrain that is uncomfortable because you're still learning, growing, and building it, yet felt more at home with the work. Um, And and you had shared with me, I know I am employable. Right. Like you, you know yeah. that you're you're marketable in the traditional, you know, workforce. Um, yep. And you also knew that it was this tug, you know, of entrepreneurship that was just like, OK, focus on this full time. What would you say to someone who's feeling that tug yet they're questioning where to begin? So I would say um, start anywhere, mm-hmm. start somewhere, you know, the first step will lead to the next step and then you know the sky i i don't know if this is just a general thing or if it's me specific because i'm i'm really learning how all this works honestly but um taking the first step and i refuse to die with my dream stuck inside Mm -hmm. this vessel Mm -hmm. so that i I know so many people who never get a chance to even like 
think about doing what they love mm-hmm. or something that they're curious about learning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say start. Just start. Yes. And just start. Just take one one step in in the direction, and just keep go go as far as you can. At yeah. least you tried. Yes. 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 And even when you try, um, if you're it's do- doing, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're still taking mm-hmm. the steps, and um, it's also a lesson that even if it does not, you know, pan out the way that you had initially imagined, it doesn't mean give up. Right. Yep. Um, like you started and and you were scaling it from years ago. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. To now being able to focus on it full time. So um, thank, thank you for that, because I know that there are people sometimes that they feel like they need to have everything figured out. That should be perfect. No, everything everything has to be perfect. I didn't even have the bus. <laughs> I couldn't figure out if it was going to be a step truck, if it was going to be a school bus. And for a very long time, it was going to be a school bus until mm-hmm. something else happened where the vehicle changed. So the vehicle changed, but the why still remained the same. Mm-hmm. Remembering your why is very important mm-hmm. because people will approach you and give you these ideas. And, and you have to ask yourself, that sounds like a great idea, but why would I do that? How would that fit in what, you know, the vision is? Mm-hmm. You know, it, once you stick to your why, you know, and stay focused on that, sometimes you get thrown off course by someone else's dream of owning a bookstore and they're living vicariously through you and they give you these ideas that don't fit your they're great ideas for that person but just remembering your why and that helps you filter out all the information that doesn't serve you yes for your business yes and again i love the i was able to get a visual like when you said like the vehicle change but the why remained the same right um and you know i see that as even our paths may change, right? Like the way that you're doing something, like that vehicle, you're talking about like, really, literally, the, the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's going to be the school bus or a van, right? Yeah. Uh, and just kind of like figuratively, um, that vehicle may just be the way in which you're carrying out that, that vision. It may mm-hmm. shift, um, yet staying true to that why uh, will keep you committed and and disciplined absolutely i was even going to try using i have an adult tricycle and i was going to go out there on my adult Uh Uh and sell books (laughs) because it's a vehicle it's a bookstore on wheels (laughs) you know that is dedication (laughs) i was i was so um i'm not in the position to do that right now but it i was going to do it oh my god i was determined (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, So Latanya, I just thank you. I really, um, I admire the work that you're doing. Uh, For those that know me personally, have, you know, tuned in to previous episodes, people know that I love to read. I'm a bibliophile. Like it's, it's pretty bad how many books I have and like a bookstore for me is like kryptonite, right? Like I used to have a shoe problem and then I got better at that. And I really have a book problem and I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay with my book problem. (laughs) So when I saw the work that, you know, you 
are doing and, and have been doing, I was like, yes, we definitely need to, to feature her. Um, and mm-hmm. and also the Bronx, I, I mean, of course. Um, so this very, very full circle um, and very intentional on my on my part to, to have you featured as one of our 40. Thank you. You're welcome. And my, my 40th, I just celebrated my 40th birthday Look in July. That. Look at that. Well, happy belated birthday. I know it's months later. <laughs> belated birthday <laughs> oh my you. goodness um so we close each episode with a tea affirmation um so what would be your tea affirmation for our listeners so my tea affirmation would be it doesn't matter how many people are doing what i'm doing i can still do it my way mm. i can still do it my way i love that Yes, there's so, so much hope and optimism there and conviction. I love it, love it, love it. So how do people stay connected to you and also the work uh, of Bronx Bound Books? How do they support? So Bronx Bound Books on everything, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Books at Gmail to get on our mailing list. Or mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a link tree on my um, Instagram, and you can find out more information there. And soon we'll be on YouTube documenting Ooh. the conversion of the bus into a bookstore on wheels. Oh my goodness! On YouTube, what, you, you're, you're gonna like host like series while you're driving yeah. around. Oh my goodness! Oh, this is Actually, exciting. During the conversion, during the conversion, we'll be on TikTok as well. Uh, we have an intern, a high school intern, that's helping me with TikTok through our mentorship program. So um, I co-founded a mentorship program along with all the things. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing short of busy. Wow, that is that is so so cool. Um, kind of like a reality show, not quite uh, for a mobile bookstore. <laughs> yeah, well, people are curious about like converting the bookmobile, and people have to get a visual also because. We don't have one of these in the Bronx. Mm. There's some in other states and other countries, but we don't have one in the Bronx and we'll be the first and, and it's for the Bronx by someone from the, from Bronx, the Bronx that exactly. really exactly. loves her borough. Yes, yes. I we love it, love it, love see. it. Thank yeah. you so, so much. I hope everyone, you. you know, supports um, and... She already has a third storage unit. I'm not quite sure that she's in need of more books right now, but um, <laughs> definitely, definitely reach out to her and the team. But yes, thank you so much, Latanya. Thank you so much. Oh, and people can buy books from us on Bookshop. So oh, nice. uh, bookshop.com. And when they check out, they can choose Bronx Bound Books and we'll get the percentage as if we, you know, had the book ourselves. Okay, that's a, that is a great plug. Now I know. Even I know that. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Until we connect again, sip, sis, say la, share, and continue to serve.